a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscerned. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we take your money questions. That's right, that's what we do. We just answer them. And the answer is never buy something from me. But you're welcome to. Uh, this week, I got three questions. We got the biggest waste of money of the week. The show is very simple. You email me, askpete at petetheplanner.com. Be one of the hundreds and hundreds, okay, thousands of people who email me on a regular basis, and, and I'll do my best to answer your question. Don't get passive aggressive, though, if I don't answer your question. I'm sorry. I'm just doing the best I can. Ask Pete at petetheplanner.com. They will either appear here on this very show, and you can listen to them in your ears, or I'll write about them in my USA Today column, and you will be newspaper famous. Literally read by tens of people. All right, so, uh, Nicole, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Hi. I feel like it's been a while. It has been a while. I don't know if it has or not. but I don't know. It feels like it. We're going to get started. No one knows. Uh, this email is from a gentleman. He told me not to use his name, so we're going to make up a name. We're going to call him Throg Martin. Ooh. Throg Martin. Throg Martin. Dear Pete, I've not always made the greatest financial decisions in the world. Student loans for graduate schools, big mistake. But our cars are paid off. Our credit card debt is retired every month, and we contribute to our kids' 529 college savings plan. I'm also contributing 10%, counting my employer match, toward retirement. Friends chide me over saving for retirement, as you won't be able to use that money, you'll be too old, and live for now. I know you've probably plowed this ground before, but how do I respond to that type of thinking? All I can ever think of is, I do not want to have to work in retirement. Nicole, I mean, we're talking classic peer pressure here. Right. Like, well, one, I got a little tied up in some of the words that he decided to use. But. I, I liked his writing. I like chide. Yes, that was what it was. I was going to say I knew I was going to forget it. but Chide, and I like plowed this ground before. Plowed, yes. I mean, that's good writing, that's, to be honest. It's colorful. Sometimes when I, people email me and don't, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, I'm going to email him and I don't want him to judge my writing. I do. I absolutely do. We're not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So this is classic peer pressure. And I'll just say this. <clears throat> uh, and I wrote about this in USA Today this week. Um, can I tell you a story, Nicole? Please. I want you to take yourself back to 1989 for a second. What were you doing in 1989? Um, uh, my parents just got married. Were you, were you at the wedding? Uh, no. Had had you been an idea? Pro probably not. Okay. Well, I was going. Uh, the uh, it was the uh, fall of 1989 is when I was going into sixth grade. Okay. All right. My dad walked into my bedroom and uh, the night before classes start. This is a true story. Yeah. I was listening to Millie Vanilli on my boombox. As and, one does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> blame it on the rain. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I hit pause and he said, good luck tomorrow. Uh, and just remember, doing what's right isn't always popular. And doing what's popular isn't always right. Wow. Do you realize, Nicole, that that still applies, especially in this scenario? Yes. Our email, Throgmartin, the, the young man here, or something, like a little older man, uh, he's doing the right thing, but it's just not a popular thing. It is not popular to be financially stable in our country based on people's uh, uh, current state of affairs. 
It's just not popular. Here's the craziest thing about this. Uh, you can't think back to the 1960s, nor can I. I wasn't alive either. But smoking was incredibly popular. I read one statistic here recently that I think upwards of 47% of people smoked in the 1960s. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it, the crazy thing today, it's it's still, it's like 20% now, which still seems like a lot. It, yeah, that does. All right. So for, uh, smoking was very popular and then people found out it was bad for you and it has gotten less popular. Okay. It has. You're right. In the 1960s, people were relatively financially stable, right? Yes. Over time, people have have chosen. Now there are people via circumstance and wage gap and all those things, but a lot of people have chosen the path to become unstable, instable. I don't know which one to use. Um, <laughs> over time, so it is also bad. So smoking and financial decision making are actually have this like inverse relationship. Now, they're both bad if yes. you if your choice is to have a bad uh, financial uh, stability situation, but they're going the other way. It is popular now to do dumb stuff. And what bothers me about this, two things. <laughs> Number one, um, what do people think is going to happen when they get older? Do they think this all works out without doing the work? That's what, and see, that's what the problem is, is that we're all so conditioned to be like, oh, it, it's always ends up fine. We're going to be fine. Like, we'll figure it out. And it's like, no, you guys, not, not this time. You know, people like to blow um, trouble to millennials and whatnot. Yes. And call them the uh, participation trophy generation. But the, the, the only intelligent argument there is who is giving them the participation trophies? It's Precisely. not, it's, yeah, it's not the millennials idea. It's not like you're, you're going to play soccer for the first time. You're five years old. And on the, uh, at the end of last game, you just, you, you pull the assistant coach to the side and like, could we have a 12 feet? Cause you don't even know. No. The adults had already purchased the trophies for you. It was their decision. Nicole, I'm, I'm actually going to draw a parallel here between participation trophies and the people who give them and, and this same problem that's happening in financial preparedness. Because I think people just don't want to put in the work and they just assume it's going to work out. They're going to yep. assume they're going to get some sort of thanks for coming. It will all be fine. And it just isn't the case. And it's like one of those, I have a mentality of... I will always make sure that things work out for myself, but I do so because I take the steps to make sure that everything does turn out for myself. And there's a difference. I think I've shared this before. I, I have an interesting sort of uh, work reality, like a sort of a, a, an interesting career. Like I do, I do all right financially. I don't do amazing. I mean, I do, I do good. I'm not complaining. Things are great, right? But it's yeah. not like I'm a bazillionaire, right? Yeah. I, mean, I do fine. No, we did not hit the jackpot. No, we didn't. I did not hit the jackpot. But, <laughs> but here's the thing with me, like, whether I ever get to the point where I'm uh, number one on the New York Times bestseller list and I have a national TV, whether that happens or not, the way my finances work, it will all be fine in the end because I'm putting in the work. Yes. Like I'm saving the money. So I do I think someday I will get to a point where there is a, a sort of a bigger thing around me? Yes. That's the plan, right? And it's not because I just want to be famous. That That's the last thing I want to be. It's because I want to impact that many people. And I think what comes along with that is sometimes the, the rewards of that. But my own personal financial plan is not dependent on that. No. Like, I'm, like I always say to my wife, like, whether this works out or not, it's going to work out because we put in the work. Right. And I think when I, when I look at situations like this and Throg Martin, who emailed us, I think you have to realize 
that if you got uh, uh, together 100 financial experts in a room and you asked those 100 people, do they think that Throgmorton's strategy of saving for the future is smart or do they think the live in the now people are smart? Who would they side with? 100 out of 100 would side with Throgmorton, right? Yes, absolutely. And I also find the <clears throat> live in the now, <clears throat> pardon me, I find a cough button. Did we get the cough button order? Nope, still on back order. If we, the live in the now movement drives me crazy because they're only proven right if they die early and then they're not even around to say, I told you so, right? Like, oh, yeah. you just never know. It's like, okay, well, all right, you died early, and but then you can't even say, see, because you're dead. I just, it's just short-sighted. It's, it drives me nuts. And it's irresponsible. It, and I know I'm whining about this and I'm just being gripey and, and cranky over it, but dude. There's good reason for that. I just, I just don't understand how so many smart people, and here, <clears throat> you know what I say every time I say not to get political, what do I generally do? Uh, we usually get a little political. It's on both sides of the aisles that people have this sentiment. So generally on the right, if you will, people are all about personal responsibility. And uh, Do you know the number of people who align themselves with that particular party that are in this exact same situation and they're not taking personal responsibility? It drives me bonkers. Bonkers. On both sides. All right, I'm done griping. Okay. Let's take a break. Coming back after the break, social security question, uh, a grandparent raising grandchildren, the parents aren't in the picture. Uh, you know, you can claim, uh, the kids can get paid via social security now. Is it the right thing to do for this grandma? We'll talk about that next on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner and this here, this is my show. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the uh, Pete the Planner show. I almost called the show the Ask Pete the Planner show. Sort of the same thing. It's what we do. If you want to ask me a question, email ask Pete. <laughs> ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com or just tweet me at PeteThePlanner. Nicole, um, I think you're about to learn something. Please, please. The well, proper comeback there would have been, it's about time. Oh. Or that'd be a first. You need to get cl more clever. Well. Tell, tell the kids about the, the clever board in your office. So when I make clever comments, uh, it's either added or subtracted to the count. Usually it's subtracted. Yeah, we, we have I, a board that says days since clever comments because you guys like to make fun of me. That's not fair. Uh, dear Pete, I need your advice. I'm a 62-year-old woman. Oh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, I'm, I'm playing a role here. <laughs> I need your advice. I'm a 62-year-old woman that has a small 401k, approximately $15,000. I'm going to pause here for a second. Nicole, you know how I feel about relative phrases like... Yep small 401k, big 401k. I'm fascinated by that. I really am. And not in a judgmental way, like most other things in my life. No. I, I would agree in, in this one. I usually don't agree. But on this one, when someone says I have a small 401k at 15,000 bucks, I would call that a small 401k for a 62-year-old woman, right? Yeah, relative. But sometimes people are like, I'm getting a big inheritance and it's like $17,000. And it's like, how can 17,000 be big? <laughs> can you reevaluate? Yeah, <laughs> anyway. My husband is disabled. Oh, back in the role play, if you're just tuning in. 
My husband is disabled and collects SSI for $812 a month. I've worked at my job for almost 24 years. Uh, Nicole, you've worked at this earth for 24 years, right? I have. We are also raising two grandkids to age 13 and 10. God bless this woman. Yeah. I intend to keep working for another three years minimum. My question is, by the way, she wrote this in Comic Sans. No. Oh, it's all right. It's a good font. My question is uh, that I have heard that if I'm still raising kids when I retire, I can collect more money. Do you know if this is true? And is it worth retiring earlier? I would love to be able uh, to be home with them. And I'm afraid that after they are gone and my money gets reduced, I will regret having retired earlier. Uh, I also wanted to know where do I find a financial advisor to work with uh, uh, from Kim. Good question. All right. So thanks, Kim. Nicole, here's the answer. Yeah, she actually could get more money. Uh, when you qualify for Social Security, I'm reading this directly from SSA.gov. That's Social Security Administration.gov. If you're watching on TV right now, you will notice I am holding in my hand the oldest of old school Bic pens. Yeah, you are. With the black cap, yep. the white body to the pen, with the black tip. Like, where did I get this and how is it in my hand? Nicole, do you know why this is in my office? No one will ever know. I don't know. Uh, when you qualify for Social Security retirement benefits, your children may also qualify to receive benefits on your record. Your eligible child can be your biological child, your adopted child, or a stepchild. A dependent grandchild may also qualify. To receive benefits, the child must be unmarried. I think we can all agree that ch child marriage is bad. Yeah, we can agree on that. <laughs> they have to be under 18. Okay. So, okay. So let's go through the checklist for, uh, what's this lady's name? Kim. Kim. Let's go through this. I don't think her 12 and 13 year old are married to each no. other or others, right? I think we can safely assume that no. Check. They're under 18. I did the math. Yep. Thanks, be, numbers. be 18 to 19 years old and a full-time student, no higher than grade 12. Doesn't apply. Nope. Or be 18 or older and disabled from a disability that started before age 22. Well, no. they're, they're under 18, so. Yeah. Okay. Where to go? So here's the thing. They, they can absolutely get a benefit, but. But. It probably makes more sense for Kim to let her, is that her name? Yes. Let her uh, benefit continue to grow at 8% a year. The longer you wait, once you hit 62 years old, your benefit amount grows at 8% a year. And while I understand that she wants to stay at home with them and spend time with them, I don't think this would make sense because then she would have a lesser amount once they leave the house permanently because right. the, their benefit would go away. Yep. And she's ruined the opportunity to uh, have a higher amount, yeah, right? Right. That's like if if your full retirement age is sixty seven, right? Which which uh, Kim's likely is if she was born. Uh, it's probably sixty six. She's probably born sometime. Well, she's sixty two. What's the math here, Nicole? Um, oh I'm, boy, I'm not good with numbers. Nineteen sixty two. Let's ask Siri. What's twenty eighteen minus? 1,962. Wait, she's 62 years old. This is stupid. Nicole, did you see how dumb I am? She's 62 years old. Wait, but she wasn't born in 1962. That's what then. I'm saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. No. I was what is 2018 was... minus 62? 
It's 1,956. Okay, 1956. So she, her full retirement age is actually 67. That's that's yeah. what I was trying to do. Yay. Sometimes this show, it's not great. Anyway, <laughs> if she waits to 67, that's her full retirement age. If she waits to 70, then it's going to be 32% more, Nicole. Mm. She'll get 32% more. And at 62, think about this. Yeah. 8% more. Uh, in six, at day 63, 16% more, 24% more. It's going to be substantially more by the time she gets to 70. Kim, my answer to your question, yes, you could take the extra money, but I wouldn't do it. No. If she was a little bit older, like if she was 67 now, maybe. Maybe. But you know, I think, look, and so we answered that question, and she asked also how to find a financial advisor, which I'll talk about in a second. But can we pause for a second and... Yeah acknowledge how great of a person Kim is for raising your grandchildren now. Yeah, shouts to you, Kim. Sometimes people, you know, like, well, why leap praise? She's just doing what anyone would do. It's like, yeah, but she's doing it. She's doing it. And there's a there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, who knows what the story is? But good job, Kim. And by the way, I can bear, I'm 40 years old uh, for one more month. <gasps> uh, I raise a nine and a six-year-old. Yeah, you do. Wear me out. Yep. And by raising them, I mean I co-parent my wife. <laughs> my wife has been gone the last two nights of just things. And so I, I've had 100% of the responsibility. You're a working dad. Dude, it's crazy. How in the world does she do that when I'm on like week-long trips? She's superwoman. Anyway, uh, so how do you find a financial advisor? I feel like we cover this a lot on the show, but yeah. I feel like I never give a great answer, if I'm being honest. This person, very, Kim... I'm talking to you. You need a financial advisor based on some of these questions. In her in her email, she asks, should she just go to her bank and talk to that person? Yeah, that's fine. You could do that. Um, but you know, here's the tough part. She doesn't have Kim. You don't have a lot of assets. You said it yourself. You got fifteen thousand dollars four hundred one k. Your income, I don't I don't know what it is. I wouldn't classify it as like upper middle class income from yeah. from what you told me. So it's going to be tough to find a financial advisor who will do work for you. So you don't have to pay a, money, a lot of money to. And the other hard part about that is she doesn't have a lot of product needs, right? So if you can't afford to work with a great financial advisor, then you're left with people who will work with you mm -hmm. in, in an effort to provide you with the products you need. I would argue Kim doesn't need any products. Nope. So this is a real challenge. Uh, you can probably go to a bank and just cross your fingers and hope that you get assigned a, a, a reasonable person. That isn't always the case. I've known good uh, bank-based financial advisors, and I've known ones that ended up getting their <laughs> licenses suspended because they were horrible. But that's in, I mean, that's in every organization. You're going to see that. So there's your answer. Kim, do not take Social Security on your kids, although you can. If you want to learn more, go to ssa.gov and just type in, like, Social Security for kids or family, whatever. Whatever. Come up after the break. Ooh, I think we, we got a, a, a good one. Not that this wasn't good. A, should I pay off my mortgage question, which are always my favorite. Yeah, they In are. relation to the person's 401k and the performance of the market. Oh, this is going to be a good one. That's all next. Uh, I'm Pete the Planner, and this is Michelle. Hi, I'm internet podcaster, Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also 
see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. In like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and Back on the Pizza Planner show. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just wanted to use a deep voice there, everybody. I couldn't help it. I don't know. Could, would you? Would the show be better if I had a deeper voice? No. Ah, uh, Pizza Planner. No, because I can't take you seriously. Uh, how about like this? Yes, that's my favorite when you do that. Okay, so uh, we answer <laughs> financial questions. What's this show about? I don't know either. We don't, I don't know. know. We, you email us your questions. I happen to know a lot. <laughs> and then I'll give you some of those answers. And you've got a millennial, so. Oh, um, let me name drop here for a second. Okay. I was able to do a, an event this past week <laughs> with uh, U.S. Senator Todd Young. Indiana Secretary of State uh, Connie Lawson. Uh, so, because Senator Young uh, has some bipartisan legislation that he's proposing around retirement uh, and retirement preparedness, he's doing it along with Cory Booker from New Jersey and some other folks. So, I, I got to do some event. It was uh, pretty interesting, and uh, I don't know. I hopefully this leads to me testifying on Capitol Hill. That's what we're that's what we're going after, Nicole. I want to sit up there and I want to yield my time to somebody. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm like. Uh, I respectfully yield the rest of my time from the gentleman from Iowa. I want to do that. That sounds really, good. You, uh, have you practiced that already? Dear Pete, scenario, I'm 59 and a half years of age, and I owe about $150,000 on a 2.85% 15-year mortgage. Okay, th we, we dove deep into the numbers. I love that he just starts it off with Pete scenario. Like This is the sort of person I want to talk with. Not a lot of superfluous language. Let's just, just go. Pete, scenario, 59 and a half. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Okay. I don't know why I think that's so funny. Pete, scenario. Fi okay. $150,000 mortgage. Okay. 2.85% <laughs> interest rate. Or you, you, can, you have a cough button. Like you literally, when you're coughing, can press it. I don't. Thank you for pressing it. 15-year uh, mortgage with a home valued around 520000 American dollars. Why should I not pay off the home over the next five and a half years before retirement using 401k bond funds that are generating less earnings that, uh, than what I'm paying in mortgage interest? Oh, this is fascinating. I, uh, are you back, Frank? Um, slightly. Okay. Remute re there for you. I can see not uh, wanting to add to my annual income tax liability, but... If I can do so without jumping into the next tax bracket, what other pitfalls am I opening myself up to? I will still have a pretty significant 401k working for me if I were to choose this path. I see, I hate seeing how much I'm paying in monthly interest to the mortgage company, knowing I'm not making that much with that side of my investments due to the fact that my age has dictated a reallocation of investments and assets in my portfolio. What he's saying there. I'm hitting timeout, and this is from Jeff. What he's saying is that he is in a target date fund. Anytime you're in a target date fund, there's something called a glide path. We've talked about it on the show. A target date fund uh, is a fund that adjusts as your age increases. So uh, you are in one fund, 
it is, let's say it's 80% stock, 20% bond when you are 25 years old. By the time you are 55 years old, that will have changed significantly to something to the tune of seven, 65% stock, 35% bonds. Did I do the math right? Something like that. Something like that. So he wants to know, should he get out of the bonds in his portfolio and pay off his mortgage? Oh, man. Here's my rule of thumb about paying off debt. Generally speaking, you want to make sure a few things are true. Uh, paying off debt, you generally want your net worth to go up when you pay off debt. All right, Nicole, we're about to get into trick question territory with you. Uh-oh. I know. Yeah, it sounded like you just collapsed up. <laughs> I did. Okay. Can your net worth go up if you use an asset to pay off a debt? No. No, that is right. No. That is not a trick question. That is right. Here is why, and I will use a very simple example. Nicole, let's say I have $1,000 in debt, and I have nothing in my savings account. And you come up to me and you say, Pete, I know you're going to turn 41 on November 29th. And here at the office, we pass the hat and we, we here's $1,000 cash. Right? <laughs> yeah. So if... We pass the hat. Right. You did. So <laughs> if I were to pay off the debt with my income of $1,000, then my, uh, my net worth goes up because now my net worth is zero as opposed to negative $1,000. Okay, so that's scenario number one. Yes. Okay. Now, let's say I were to, uh, wait, what just happened? What, nothing did. I know, I, I'm just thinking, uh, if my net worth, oh yeah, I know where I'm going with this, sorry. I, no, I just I had so like confused. a logical flaw. I was like, no, we're still. No, I'm good. Okay. No, nothing's wrong technically, it's Welcome just in back. my brain. Welcome back, and we're back. Let's say I have uh, 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 $1,000 in debt and $1,000 in savings. My net worth in that moment is zero. If I say, you know what? I'm going to take that money out of savings and pay off that $1,000 in debt. My net worth is still zero. It didn't go up. The only way your net worth goes up when you're in debt is to use your income or additional money as opposed to money you already have. Exactly. So that's rule number one. Number two, typically... If you can earn a higher rate of return on your money that is invested, you wouldn't want to take that money and then pay off debt on a low interest rate debt. And 2.85% is almost criminally low. <laughs> now, I do realize based on sort of the investment environment we're in right now, everyone's portfolios are going down. I mean, it's just a little crazy right now as we record this on October 26th. Who knows what the market's going to do today? Let's look. Friday, the 26th of something. What is it? October? Dow drops another 300 points. Great. Oh, good. It was up 600 or something yesterday. It's just crazy. So <laughs> I realize it can feel like um, it makes more sense to just quit losing money and just to pay off that debt. But in, in Jeff, and this is my opinion. Your humble opinion. It's not that humble. Yeah. I would not do that. I would not do that because your, your portfolio in aggregate your, your stocks and bonds together should outpace 2.85% on a regular basis. Will it this year? Will it in this 12 month period? Probably not. I mean, I think we're going to have a flat or down market when it's all said and done for 2018. Is that the year we're in? Yep. Okay. Last time I checked. <laughs> it, we were just talking before the show. You wrote 2017 today. I did. Yeah. I hadn't done that this year. That was weird. I feel like I'm going to struggle to get to 2019, though. Me too. I always think about when, when we get in like a new year, 
like 2019 just sounds crazy. It's it like does. when you see a kid in a letter jacket and it, they got the numbers 19 because that's yeah. when they, like that dude's never going to graduate. No, that's forever. It's like three months from now. I do like my brother's uh, <clears throat> college graduation year will be 2020. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That seems like he's got a good vision. He does have pretty good vision. <sighs> so, Jeff, I would not I would not pay that off. I, I see what you're saying. I just think in five and a half years, is it conceivable to to aggressively use your work income? That's the that's what I would do. That's the kicker. Why should I not pay off the home over the next five and a half years before retirement using the 401k bond funds? No, dude. Ah. Let's aggressively pay off the debt. How many payments is five and a half years? So that is, uh, let's say, 66 months. Okay, he's got $150,000 balance divided by 66 months. Sure, there's interest involved. Uh, that's $2,272 a, a month in principal payments that he would have to make. And I, that's what I would do. Yeah. Because his, 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 his net worth will go up. Do that, Jeff. Please do that. Oh, Jeff. Oh. I feel like I know Jeff. I'm pretty sure I know Jeff. Either he has emailed before or we've experienced each other on Twitter, which just sounds a little bit strange. It, yeah. Um. And I see his last name. I feel like I know it. And now, look, he probably is like a best friend of mine, and I just, I don't know. So that's uncomfortable. Coming up after the break, doing biggest waste of money of the week. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to cheat this week. Uh, oh, I have a couple things. But one of them is actually something I think is a great use of money. It's nice to mix it up. Sometimes. And you've got a good one? I've got a good one. We'll see about that. Um, <laughs> if you want to email us and, and have your question answered eventually on the show, Email us askpete at petetheplanner.com. Ask Pete at petetheplanner.com. Uh, and don't be alarmed if you hear your question and it changes your life. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. Day, living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted, find myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain This week's biggest waste of money of the week here on the Pete the Planner Show. Uh, we've got a lot. I've got few. I've got uh, my standard one that I'm going to go through. Oh, by the way, I'm Pete the Planner. This show, we uh, answer your financial questions. But in the last segment, we talk about what is the biggest waste of money of the week. And I have to say, Nicole, before you give us yours, um, how how is like contributing money to political campaigns, how is that not a giant waste of resources? Oh, yeah. I mean, not to get political here. But... Does that not? Here. I mean, like, I, I know, I, I know that's a hot take, and 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 
It's I not that simple. I mean, right. It's not that simple. I know. Because if you feel the way you feel that you about whatever your hot button issue is, and it you need the person you support in office to, to satisfy whatever you, you got going, then yeah, that's worth something to you. Right. I don't know. I just, I, what is it? I'm sure I could find a number. There's like a 40 bazillion, quadrillion million dollars every yep. year that goes right. to that. It just seems like a just big waste of money. I agree. I didn't talk about campaign finance reform and well, maybe you should restrict. Like I just, it just feels wasteful on every, all sides. On it's all, all wasteful. Yeah. Boy, are you, by, are you so glad that all those commercials are going to be over soon? Yes. You don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch but... a lot of TV, but it's like one of those, every time I turn it back on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I don't watch TV. Well, I watch a lot of uh, sports and uh, during the commercials right now, it's just nonstop. Now all, all my friends in media are getting paid. That's about to change. Yikes. Uh, all right. So my biggest waste of money wake is campaign ads. Now, this next one is actually something that I think is amazing. You go first, though. Okay. So. You're really taking a deep breath there. What's about to happen? You about to like confess something on the air? The brass lighter cover. All right. Bic lighters are mm-hmm. affordable and fairly reliable. They're also about as classy as drinking from a styrofoam cup at a black tie function. This brass lighter cover disguises these basic tools as something far more civilized. It's hand fabricated in Oregon from 24 gauge sheet brass, then soldered and hand polished. There are vent holes to keep the flame going, a solid bottom for packing smoking materials, and none of the stigma that comes from packing a cheap plastic lighter. So it's not even a lighter. It's just a little ditty to put your lighter in. You know, here's the thing. I don't even know how much this costs yet. But I should probably find out. How much does that cost? It's $38. You're eventually going to die of lung cancer anyway. Should I say that? I shouldn't say that. I mean, I mean, like, that's how it works. That's the math. But it's not even a lighter. It's just a cover for your lighter. I mean, I'll be honest. Anyone who is buying a $38 lighter cover probably isn't buying $1 lighters. Right. Like why? Just buy a Zippo. Yeah. I had a Zippo. I carried it all through college. And you're like, oh, you smoked in college? No, I just thought it was cool. You can get nice looking lighters. They don't have to have all the crazy patterns on them. I didn't smoke and I carried a lighter. Like that's, I was like. That's an, a very you thing to do. It really was. That's I was a prepared. Very you thing. People are like, we didn't start the fire. And I'm like. You're right. I, I could have. Yeah. Because I, I was I was like a like a junior arsonist. I didn't even light things. <laughs> I was a junior just, arsonist. I would just whip it out and light it. <laughs> I went through two bottles of Zippo lighter fuel. What? And never lit a cigarette. Oh my God, Pete. I wait. How did you go through them? Like, did other people use it? No, I would just like it'd be like, you know, with a Zippo, you 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 can flip it open and you yeah. you start it on your leg. Yeah. And I would just like hold it up. And I didn't even go to concerts, so it's not like I was lighting it and going to yeah, concerts. Yeah, like crowds. And, no. No, I hate crowds, uh-uh. and there was probably parking was a challenge. Yeah. Here's my item for the week. Okay. Malman's Grill. Argentinian chef Francis Molman has brought traditional Patagonian barbecuing techniques to the mainstream through his fiery restaurants around the globe. The key to his signature char comes from his towering domed fire pits. You see the fire is yep. involved with yep. this. Fire is involved. To emulate this process at home, Molman has partnered with Best Made to create a line of outdoor meat altars. These grills stand eight feet tall and feature ventilated firebox uh, that replicates a 
Chulango pit roaster that works with both wood and charcoal. Meats, charcoal? Yes. Meats can be cooked right over the flames on a grated grill, seared on a flat top, or hung from above for smoking. Mm. The entire piece is made from steel and crafted in Argentina. <clears throat> $2,298. Now, <clears throat> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But if you look at this thing, have you ever seen hops grown? Like hops no. being cultivated? Uh-uh. They build like these, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, like... Uh, I'll Google it. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm struggling to explain it. Like cages. And then the hops grow up strings. It's really unusual. This grill looks like someone's growing hops. It's got oh, this it cage weird. over the top, um, but it looks amazing. And by the way, Francis Mallman, if you've ever watched Chef's Table oh. on Netflix, mm-hmm. he's on there. He's this ridiculous chef. I mean, I'm not, I'll am not. i be honest. I'm not going to pay $2,298 for any grill, nah. but if I was going to, I would probably do this one. Can, can you imagine me in my side yard, which is where I grill? Side yard. That seemed obnoxious, doesn't side, it? In my side yard. Well, I didn't want to say my backyard. I don't grill in my backyard. It's the side of my house. Details matter, dude. I'm not trying to lie to people. No. I didn't, I didn't call it my courtyard, although it is. Now, that sounds worse, doesn't it? I got to go. Um, so when I grill out in my courtyard and people walk their <laughs> AKC champion dogs by me, I if I had this eight-foot grilling tower, well, here's the problem. It would start conversations. Yep. And I'm not interested. And in that. you would attract a crowd. Yeah, but people wouldn't know. Where I don't to park. like talking to people. <laughs> right? I, yeah. I just caught that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Nicole. I. You know what? I'm going to do something weird this week. Okay. We're going to answer one more question at the end of the show. All right. One more. Okay. Why you ask? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. In two minutes. This is a speed round. Greetings, Pete. My husband retired 18 years ago from a company. The retirement monthly has been good, but should he die before me, the retirement ends. Therefore, he took out a sizable life insurance policy to take care of me uh, that is valid until age 75 for him. His mother died of cancer at 43, and his dad died from a heart attack at 52. He thought 75 was way longer than he would live. He is now 72, and we are so thankful. Our question is... What should we be doing uh, to prepare for life after the life insurance runs out? As long as he lives, retirement continues. But if he passes before I do, there won't be retirement or life insurance to live on. Right now, I have a small business that I'm putting extra money into investments for my future that is diversified. Thank you. Holy cow. Man, that deserves more than two minutes, don't you think? I do. It's not going to get it, though, because all I have is two minutes. Um, Yeah, that's really common. He's got a couple options. He could... Um, potentially get additional term insurance. I mean, it would be crazy expensive, uh, but then it will again run out or he could get some permanent coverage, but that is a huge, huge problem. A huge problem. Huge problem? It's the biggest problem because if he dies and he doesn't have life insurance, she has no income. I mean, she's got her business, but like, They've had a nice retirement on his pension. This is brutal. I think the, the the moral of the story here is not for the emailer. It is for everyone else. Don't get caught in a situation in which the income in retirement goes away when someone dies and the other person's just going, how do I do? Yeah, that's brutal. I should write about this one. 
You know what? Maybe I'll write about that one next week. I have some, I have some long cross-country flights coming up, so uh, I can write about this. I'm going to be in uh, Des Moines, Iowa next week, Nicole. What? Des Moines. Ooh. Um, I, I've been there before, but I've never spent time uh, like I will spend there this week. So uh, when I get back on the show next week, we'll talk about how Des Moines was. We'll spend several segments on that. Where are you flying through? Uh, Minneapolis, I think, as I would assume. As, as long as you have to go through Kansas City. Or Detroit. Mm, I don't know. No one knows for sure. Nicole, that's all we have time for this week. If you want to be on the show, you can't be, but your question can. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Be sure to listen to our podcast wherever you find your podcasts, except Stitcher, because just don't get your podcast like there. It's weird. Yeah. It's just really weird. It's Our yeah. system doesn't work with theirs. Uh-uh. Uh, sending good vibes, because good vibes are all this in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this... This thing that you've been listening to here for the last hour? Yeah. This is my show. This is for information purposes only. Not the specific financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove, released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T., word to John Tesh, let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings, from a far away land, I am the soul controller, put the remote down and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, love, I can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?